Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Welcome to Knockout Meetings. This is your host and competitors, Christine and Greg. It sounded like I was in a boxing match. (laughs) In this corner. Um. Anyway, we're going to knock out your meetings. That means either you knock them out and get rid of them or you make them knockouts, right? You make them awesome. So this is actionable tips for how you can do that. If you want to know more about the reason why Greg and I are on a mission to make this world a better place by making meetings more engaging, exciting, and meaningful, then listen to our last episode on how to make your meetings not suck and why that's important. So with this one, we're going to jump right in. It's going to be quick, fast paced, and hopefully you'll get some actionable tips. I will just say this off the top. We have a few blog posts on our website. If you want to read more about how to make your meetings more impactful, that's tlpnyc.com for more of that. If you need a little more time to marinate in the juice here, because we're going to we're going to move through this. You ready, Greg? Ready, spaghetti. Okay. So what would you say? Give me one actionable tip from your list of ingredients on things that people should do to make their meetings better. What's one? Create, create an agenda. Create an agenda. Yes. Thank prior, you. prior, prior, and send it out prior. So again, if it, not if it's a one-on-one, that's different. But if it's a team meeting... I think being able to get people clear on what the objective, the purpose is, what's going to happen in that time frame, and how you really want to focus on people walking away with specific action steps that they're going to put into, into motion, getting people prepared for that time so we can get the most out of it. Love it. So tip number one is to send out an agenda, preferably one full week before, but we're not perfect. And even if you have to send it the night before, that's okay. Just try, just get something out so that before they walk in, they have a sense of it. Love it. All right. What's another one, Greg? Tip two. Well, I mean, we talked about this in the first episode for sure, but again, being committed to uh, starting and ending on time. So just the respect for the time management piece is key and really, really finishing at the time you say you're going to finish. I think, again, that's going to build so much investment from your team members if you honor that no matter what. I think it's really important. And if you do have to go over, you know, putting it on the table and communicating effectively to everyone saying, hey, listen, if we go five minutes over, does any, is, that, is that okay? Right, because a lot of people are back-to-back on those meetings and you're making them now late for their next one, right? Right. Good good points. The other thing is, I thought about this since our last episode, Greg, when you were talking about starting and ending on time and some of the issues that I have around that. If you are not good with time management, give that job to somebody else in the meeting. You know, it can even move around. Sometimes you can even give it to the person who causes the most problems with time. You know, we used to do this when we when we taught in classrooms. We would, you know, you always take that kid who's causing the most trouble and give them a job because you want them on your side. It's the same thing in a when we're adults, right? Those kids have grown up and are now in meetings instead of classrooms. And it's like, how can I take 
you know, let's say it's Greg, it's not usually, but let's Greg out and give him a job of timekeeper and then watch Greg take that, you know, more seriously and keep us more on task. So that's great. Okay, time. What's another one, Greg? Uh, well, I, you just made me think of, of having tasks for people in the meeting. I think it's fantastic. And, and one of them is obviously the, the note taker and or the recapper. So if you can't do it yourself because you've you've put together whatever you need to be going after and you if you can empower someone to be the note taker, someone who's good at that, does it pretty fluidly and then they can get you that recap and then you can send that out after. But that's that's a super tip is a lot of people forget to recap the meeting and what came out of it and the action items because that is the key is that it comes back to me and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what we did and this is what I have to do. Yeah, and people complain about that a lot. Yes, so that's a that's a huge tip is figure out a system, a protocol where you can recap your meetings or the meetings can be recapped really well, especially with action steps, next steps, so that you can then hold folks accountable and work with them to achieve those next steps. And I would say that there is technology and apps that can help you with that. In the old days, it would be like a very long system of note taking and nobody on our team ever wanted that role. Like it just was, it just felt like no one would ever read the recaps or things. But now what I am being told, and I'm asking Tatiana, our, our, one of our producers, if she can remind me of some of those, that technology or apps that's out there, because I've had some of the younger people in offices that I work for coming, you know, at, giving me examples of that. Hey, Tati, what what is it? What are some things? You're asking me about note-taking apps. Yeah. Gosh, I wasn't prepared for this, but you can record your meeting and then have someone listen to it, meaning AI listen to it and then tell you the, what the to-do list were. There are different apps for that. Like I like Cast Magic. This isn't paid ad, but um <laughs> But anyways, like Teams or um, Zoom does it now too, where you they can transcribe the meeting for you. And then you can even give it to ChatGBT and then just kind of ask it for what was the to-do list or what's the recap. And you can train ChatGPT to what you want it to do. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's ways that you could put the notes as you go into Slack or into Teams or into some different companies use different apps for that. But I love the idea of using AI to help you with this because the younger people are, Greg, are going to figure this out and then therefore they're going to be real clear on action steps and be able to follow up. So I love that to figuring out and this is clearly something where other folks besides me and you need to come up with what that technology is or whatever. So, so if you have some good ideas, you know, send us a note or put the notes in there um, in, in the, this episode and we will research it and get back to you in, a, in an episode coming up in the future. All right. What's another good ingredient or action step? I didn't say this one, but it came up in the workshop because I was modeling in front of the team, the client we were working with. And one of the things I modeled was, you know, creating connection before content, right? So in team meetings and or whatever the meeting is, whatever type of meeting is, you want to somehow get some connectivity happening prior to diving into the main meet of the meeting. And so that is huge. And, and it doesn't have to be long. It can be literally a quick little whip around where each person just shares a word to describe their day up to this point. One word, no good or bad, no right or wrong, right? Again, we're creating that psychologically safe space, but it's giving you a window in, you know, you're getting busy, you're getting tired, you're getting hungry, whatever the words are you're getting are real. And that's where people are at. That's fine or productive or unproductive, whatever it is. And it just gives you a, a temperature of the room. And also you, as the leader, too, of the meeting, potentially an opportunity. And you also get the voices in the room that way as well. 
Yes, and you know, this will be an advertisement. We just got our new decks of cards, Greg. 52 Ways to Connect, Questions to Kickstart Your Team Time. It's on Amazon, but it has 52 cards. You can put this deck in the middle. You can pass them out. People can shuffle them. Whatever you want to do, it gives you 52, one for every weekly meeting you have where you can get a question out there that kind of opens up that team time. It also cuts down on the chit chat at the beginning of meetings that tend to slow things down, right? You're going to lose a good five, 10 minutes to chit chat at the beginning of a meeting if you don't start exactly on time. And what we found is this creates psychological safety. You also get to know each other a little bit better and you use that time in a really like we call it a whip around, like Greg said, one way where everyone's answering that same question. So 52 ways to connect. That's one thing. And so let, you gave me a good idea, Greg. Let's think first big meeting, and then we'll go down to really small one-on-one meetings. So let's say it's an all hands meeting, lots of people in the room. You know, you have these, maybe in your company, you have them every six weeks. Maybe you have them once a quarter, maybe you have them, you know, once or twice a year. What are some tips for those types of meetings? If you're in charge of facilitating them or getting ready or you're a participant in those, what's, what's another tip that might be important for that? Actually, I had them brainstorming strategies for effective meetings, for impactful meetings. And one of them was, if we're in a meeting, we want to walk away with some decisions being made. So a lot of time a meeting is where, you know, uh, people come together to discuss some of the issues that may be stopping them from moving forward on something. And so giving a chance to share what those impediments or barriers are, and then coming away with some ideas that can help them navigate that and or some decisions that free them up to be able to move forward. So really important, the decision making process when we're together, that you're actually making some decisions that are going to help people move forward. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It worries me when I think about that in terms of an all hands meeting, like as someone who has to be the ultimate decision maker, I'm like, oh my God, like the pressure in front of everybody at that moment to have those decisions be made feels difficult with that big of a room. I do think though that you're right. And that smaller meetings like team meetings, decisions absolutely can be made. Mm-hmm. in those level meeting. Do you know what I mean? But it feels yeah. weird in the big one. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I love the idea of decisions being made because that is a people's pet peeve, that nothing ever gets made. And we're back to discussing the same dang thing at the next meeting. So for the big meetings, like if we think about an all-hands meeting, one of the things I like to think about is that's a lot of people's energy in the room. And so what are we doing to have different things happening throughout that day? Because those meetings tend to be big. We tend to take up, in our case, we take almost the entire day. Some people take half a day, whatever. So you think of like, how many times are they standing up, moving? How many times are they sitting down thinking? Are you having activities that introverts can succeed at? Are you having think- places for extroverts to express themselves? Are you having team time together? Are you having time individually to think? Are you having time to listen to a vision? Are you having time to work in small groups, big groups? And I really think about it that way. You know, that's where I think of it as like, you know, this is my, let's say my classroom, my theater, my arena. How am I creating an experience for people that beats staying home and being on their computer? We are paying a lot of money to get these people in the room. How can we create an experience of this day so that this meeting has its own objective and point of what we want to, maybe we need to get everybody on the same page and jazzed for the year, jazzed for this new year. But then the other like sub 
objective is to have really important team time and build culture and build connectivity. So that's one of the things I think about is in those all hand meetings, how do I break it up and have at least four different modalities or four different things that people are doing to keep them engaged? We have very short attention spans. So that's I love that. And it makes me think of, again, the power of the group and the power in that room. And so anything I can do to get them to churn over something together and creative output, some ideas around whatever their, you know, case studies or what have you, whatever they're trying to unpack and figure out that are going to help me get insights to the bigger picture of where we're at as a company and where we want to go. Like I want to get as much as I can from them in those bigger meetings. Yeah. And then that that becomes a delicate balance because a lot of times I might be presenting as well some thoughts and ideas and things that are going to hopefully inspire and motivate and, and sharing some important information, but then also getting them to create some output for you that's going to help you see from their perspective what needs to be done. It also takes the pressure off, right? It allows you to sit back and listen to people and not, you know, really learn in that moment. I love you always say this to me, like, how do we get the voices in the room? And I think there's different ways that you can do that, but you have to think about it you know, clearly of what your objective is. For me, it's definitely when I have an all hands meeting, that's, that is an experience time. That's a time that I really look at how much money I'm spending in that room and how do I make this valuable and what can I learn in this moment? Or I also think a tip for that kind of meeting is to say to people like, Hey, we know you're really busy. Thank you for making this a priority. Thank you for being here, bringing your full self here. If we all bring our full attention, what might we create in this next couple of hours? And we're going to ask that we leave the client calls, leave all that stuff for a couple of hours and really just all focus and see what we might do to move this company and our mission forward. And I think if you just put it out there like that, people kind of rise to the occasion. I mean, sure, somebody's going to still check their phones and there's still going to be some of that going on, but you just might cut down on it a little bit. If you name it, name it to claim it. So get the voices of the room, name it to claim it. Let's talk about now, we went from big all hands meeting down to like team meetings. You know, what would you say team meetings, Greg, some other actionable tips that people can do who are uh, in those team meetings or either they're a participant or facilitating? What do you think? Well, if you're having your weekly team meeting, right? uh, I like what we talked about earlier, which is this idea of it can get boring if you're doing the same thing over and over, right? So how are you rebranding it? How are you empowering other folks to take little pieces of the meeting and even lead a meeting based on X or Y or whatever you're you're looking to hear about? And, you know, like we want to make that team time very effective. And so it's, it's really important, again, to have really clear purpose to keep it interesting and changing and different and so that we don't fall asleep at the wheel. I think that's a huge thing that comes up a lot of time. Yeah. I also think that sometimes people in those team meetings feel that we're just like, are we moving? Are we getting anywhere? I'm a big fan of scorecards in those kind of meetings or scoreboards where you physically like put up on the screen, this is where we are. This is where we were last time we met. This is where we are now. How can we move the dial a little bit more? That really helped for us in some of our team meetings is seeing that visual because really when you're talking about your team meetings, it's exactly that. It's like a sports team. So I think of it, you know, those big all hands meetings are more theatrical to me. And then these ones are more like you're in the dugout, you're in the locker room, you're having that like, okay, what do we need to do? Here's the play. Here's our results 
of what we're doing. So I think that having some sort of visual scorecard every week, also it keeps people in their follow-ups so that those action steps, Greg, that you talked about last time, sometimes we think like, is Jennifer or whoever following up on what she said she was? I don't really have a sense because I'm not responsible for that. And if I see it up on the board and Jennifer either says, I didn't get to this this week, but I will next week. If she has to say she didn't get to it week after week after week, you can have a conversation. You mm-hmm. know, you can, mm-hmm. if you're a really high functioning team, you can have it as a team. If not, the leader has to have it separately. But hopefully you get to a point where you're like, Jennifer, what you're doing is important to all of us. What's going on? How can we help? Having those types of team meetings, I think that scorecard can help with that. Yeah, I love the scorecard. I think it's great. It also keeps you connected to what you've committed to. And like you said, and then you can get that on the table and then move into the new content and then set that up again at the end. I think one thing that started to happen on Zoom meetings when there are team meetings that is causing a little bit of a problem is that people now go, oh, I got to pick up my kid from school or I've got to go to the dentist appointment. And so what we tend to do then is we are multitasking by the nature of where we have to be. And sometimes you can't help that. But if you're regularly, you know, not at your desk focused and people are seeing you driving or seeing you there and you're regularly there, people have a sense of like, oh, why am I doing this? Jennifer's not focused. Why, why should I be? Or like, I'm distracted by where is she going? And why isn't this matter to her? Like it matters to me. And so I think that's another opportunity to go, wait, if we're not all focused here, then maybe we need to either change this time. This meeting isn't working. It might be that people are giving you a hint that this meeting isn't that important. So, yeah, if it's every once in a while, but I think that's a... Yeah, no, you bring up a great point, Christine, about where the meeting needs to go that's going to be focused and everyone is going to be, again, this is extremely valuable time for our team. And so I I love the sports analogy too, because it is the coming together, whether it's virtually or in person to discuss where we're at and, and what we're working on and what's going on and how to move forward on it and attack it as a team. Yeah. All right. So let's say that's the team meeting. Now let's go down. Now you're at a one-on-one meeting. We almost all have experience either, you know, running a one-on-one meeting or being in it. So what's a tip for that maybe? Well, if you're the manager, uh, if you're running the one-on-one, then for me, it's about my direct report. And so I really keep the focus on them and I want to hear what's going on with them, what's blocking them, what's weighing them down. And I'm not going to judge that because my goal is again to hear what the reality is. We actually talked about this in the workshop yesterday as well. And it was about how life can just, you know, hit any of us at any time and how important it is for your manager uh, to know that you're being hit by life in X way because what happens when, you know, I'm getting punched in the face is my performance goes down. And so I need to be able to communicate why my performance is dropping so that I can get some backup in order to continue keeping the ball up and and achieving, right? Because it happens to all of us. So those one-on-one times for me are really about what's weighing on you, what's, what's working, what's weighing on you, and then really brainstorming on ways to remove some of the obstacles that may be, you know, some of those rocks in the backpack so it make it a little lighter for them. The other thing that I want to talk about as we start to wind down this episode, but is so think, start thinking about your last tip, Greg, because I'm going to get to you in a minute. But one of the things that I had an awareness of, I was in Valencia over Thanksgiving and I went to see the Holy Grail. Yeah. 
there's the Holy Grail is there, okay? And apparently there's the Holy Grail is in like five other places, but this one is the one that the Vatican has said is in fact the Holy Grail. So my mom really wanted to go see it. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go see the Holy Grail. Of course, I, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't like an Indiana Jones adventure to find the Holy Grail. You know, we just actually walked into a church and there it was. But um, <laughs> I wanted to have some sort of like, you know, <laughs> some sort of adventure that happened that we had to conquer before seeing it, you know, to make it worth it. But anyway, what was interesting, they sent us, they did send us around with our little headset on, you know, listening to the history of different parts of the church and stuff before we got to the Holy Grail. And one of the things that I find interesting, because I did not grow up Catholic, but one of the things I always found kind of puzzling about Catholic churches is that you have this huge grand cathedrals, like amazing, right? When you're all throughout Europe that you see. But then there's all these like side areas I know there's a word for this that is not coming to my head right now, but there's these like side little areas where people worship, right? And then there's also the little tiny boxes there where you go and you give confession. And so if we think about meetings as a church for a minute in this metaphor, when you have your all hand staff meeting, you have a big space, right? You have something cathedral-like, you have something that makes people want to achieve something bigger than themselves. Make that space that you're having your all hands in as light-filled as possible, as beautiful as possible. Think about how there's not a bunch of garbage in the back that you're decorating it. Maybe, you know, put somebody in charge of doing that, that can make, that's really good with space. Then if you're having your team meetings are kind of those side sanctuaries, that's the word sanctuaries. That's the size of this team meeting is those side sanctuaries where you, you kind of face each other in a side sanctuary. You look at each other, you're still in the church. You're still part of the bigger thing, but you're really focused more on something that you specifically want to work on, whether it's, you know, in the Catholic church, it was devotion to the mother Mary or whatever it was. Right. And then those little boxes there where you're doing confession, that's your one-on-one, right? That's a small space. So think of like containing something like comfortable and small. And I noticed, you know, when we were in Valencia, the church there had like fans in them to make, you know, the, probably the priests more comfortable in those boxes. But like, how do you create space in your one-on-ones that creates connection? And, you know, you're, you're not doing your one-on-ones in those huge, big office meetings because it doesn't feel like people can open up in that, right? So like, think about environment and space and that, you know, people say to me all the time, oh, your meeting, your staff meetings are magic. And I'm like, that's because I have a theatrical sense in my head. And I think about space and environment. Another one is that I say, don't have extra chairs. I hate empty chairs because it makes it seem like this meeting is important and we're waiting for people who didn't care to show up. So I count exactly how many people are supposed to be there. And I even take out a chair. So if you have to pull out extra chairs, great. That makes it seem like this meeting is so overpacked. It's like you're having a party, right? Overpacked bring out a chair for them. Um, if they have to stand in the back for a little while till you can do it, even better. It's it's hard to get into this awesome party. What's worse is when you have a bunch of empty chairs and not enough people in the space. So think about even space. It can be f- kind of fun. I love it. That's a great, great way to look at it. I, I think it's really interesting and, and right on. And I guess my last tip goes along with it where at, at the end of your one-on-one or the end of your little meet team meeting or the end of your big meeting, there's going to be really... Uh, some what are you getting from this and what are you going to put into action and so this is the most important thing is if you take one thing from this is is really uh, committing to clear takeaways and action steps 
uh, that lead to follow-up and accountability. I think that is the one of the most important reminders we get when we do these sessions is that the most important thing because it moves us forward and keeps us connected towards achieving moving forward together. So that's that was the, the last tip that I, I had that came up for me. So important. And it also gets everybody's voice back in the room again you know, to your point that you always bring up to me, it's like, if you go around at the end and you have to whip around again, but something of what you got out of this meeting, you know, what's coming up for you could also be one, but also what am I going to do? What am I committing to as a result of this meeting? And then next meeting, am I coming back to that? I love that, Greg. Thank you for that. That's a perfect last tip. Thank you for being here. Greg is an awesome facilitator, especially coming into your work on teams. And maybe there's a little way we just ended the holidays. Think about your holidays. Did you think of that as like meeting time? Did you have time around your table, you know, team time around your table? Did you have bigger game times in the living room? Um, How do we even improve our families and our friends and all of those things with looking at how to, when we come together as a group, how can we make that more engaging and exciting? Christine, I am jumping in again to just say that was another tip is to use these tips with your family functions. You know what I mean? You know, you, you were telling us the other day about your birthday, like you had an agenda for a party that you were going to, or like, <laughs> I, did. I did. I'm such a geek. Or like my baby shower, you know what I mean? Elaine had an agenda for the baby shower and people still remember her. Like she was a game show host. Like, they're like, oh yeah, Elaine. And how do you remember Elaine? Best agenda ever. Best agenda Best ever. Best agenda ever. Yes. Yeah, use, yeah. Yes. I love it. Use mm-hmm. stories too in those meetings. I love it. And I love, thank you, Tatiana, for reminding us about that too. Yeah. Your, your friends and you can, anything can be improved with looking and preparing and thinking ahead of time about how do I make the most of this time with connecting with others. Greg, there is nobody that I'd rather be sitting across from in the studio than you and connecting with you and and vibing and so forth. So thank you so much. Thanks, Christine. What a pleasure. I'll see you guys soon. Try it and let us know how it goes. Hey, everybody. Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback or how to navigate performance conversations with ease and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sales open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our Leadership Learning Lab.